Boss We Make, the podcast about making creativity and why we do what we do as makers and creatives. I'm your host, Vincent Ferrari. Joining me from a hall deep below the earth, my good friend, <laughs> Ethan Carter. Hello. What's up, Vincent? How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. So Ethan is coming to us from a, a special room. In the because, basement, yes. Yeah, because he usually records in a dungeon. Yep, and which is my he, workshop. <laughs> <laughs> and since he's recording in a dungeon, you know, and the furnace is in the same dungeon... Uh, we wanted to make sure that we didn't have to hear the furnace this week, so it's a, it's pretty uh, extra this week. It's it was it's been going on for like nonstop for about a half hour. So uh, I can oh, I can totally imagine. I was downstairs tonight working on two different projects, three actually simultaneously, and my furnace just was on the entire time. And I'm like, I'm so glad I don't do YouTube videos in my shop. <laughs> oh, and it's crazy too because it comes on. It's almost. It's bad when it's on, but it also does this thing where it'll c- kick on and off like every, you know, 10 minutes will go off for 20 seconds and then kick back on. And it sounds like like a torture chamber or something. I don't uh, even know. Oh, yeah. Because my, so does yours, is yours like an older furnace where it has yeah. the starter that goes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mine sounds like somebody's getting cattle prodded. Yeah. And then something like there's like a cowbell, like something must shake and ring this. I don't know. Even though it sounds like a cowbell too. I don't know what's going on. Apparently, so. your furnace is made by Christopher Walken. <laughs> got the fever. The only thing... I'm not even trying to do a Christopher Walken impersonation. It's just not going to work. I got you, though. I like it. Good so, reference. we don't have any guests this week. We did have a guest lined up, and, you know, he is he is apparently... Um, I don't want to give away his location, but he is affected by this nor'easter. So, he must we, be in um, our neck of the woods, then. Yeah, I'm assuming. Yeah. Well, if it's if he's affected by the snow, and it's a nor'easter... <laughs> There's a it's pretty good a chance he's <laughs> geographically relevant. Um, but yeah, he's he's going to be on next week, so we're very excited. This is oh, yeah. going to be this is it's a big a get one. for both of us. We're both big fans. So. Definitely. Um, and then, no, we're not having Jason Stapleton on again, <laughs> even though I would be perfectly happy having Jason on. Uh, this is I can't mention Jason in every episode every week. It's I was just going to say, or David, it can't be David Picciuto either, so... You know, why don't we just get it out of the way? <laughs> why don't we just get this out of the way? We have to mention Johnny Bills again. Oh, yes. Again. It, so, I, I go, I just go. I would say not it. have mentioned him this week, except for something exciting happened. Um, we literally find a way to work. He's not been on the show, yeah, by we, the way. We need Ethan, to you're falling in. down on that job, by oh, the way. Oh, I can. I, I'll, I'll reach out. I'll reach out. Reach out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, why not? But yeah, so we have to mention Johnny again. Every week we mention Johnny <laughs> and coffee tables. So, yep. we're, since we have coffee tables in the feedback, yes. um, go ahead. Yeah, so so basically Johnny uh, Johnny builds. He just started forging a little while ago, and he made um, a knife. Uh, he forged a blade for a knife, and had a grinder and and did all that, and then made the. Uh, if you follow, if you watch his videos, you know he's big on kind of um, encap- encapsulating uh, bugs or animal uh, things in epoxy into things. So he had he made the axe, which did huge i mean it was millions and millions of views and in this for this knife handle he uh, uh put a spider in the epoxy um so very cool and so he he made the video and uh, i can't even remember how you had to enter but i entered and uh it was because it was going to be a giveaway and uh so i got a message on um when was it saturday maybe and uh and it was from johnny because guess what i was like uh, i don't know what and I won this knife, and I thought, I was like, how the heck did I... And there's a 400 
people entered this giveaway. So um, super excited. I, I, I'm ex- beyond excited, as you that, can imagine. That's pretty freaking awesome, actually. It is. I saw your name come up, and I'm like, wait, what? Exactly, exactly. I'm, I was blown away. I, I think the best part was Mike, uh, Mike Clifford uh, posted a story and just said, this is, has to be rigged because he knows how, <laughs> how big of a fan I am. And now, um, but no, but it was, you know, one of those random uh, things, you know, random selector name selectors. And so, yeah, so I've got a, I've got a Johnny builds, uh, first edition, first ever forged, uh, forged knife coming my way, which I'm so super stoked about, um, and honored. So, uh, yeah. So, it, but the best part is I posted the story about winning it. And the, like the first message I got was from you, Vincent being like, <laughs> Well, I guess we got to talk about Johnny again this week. <laughs> and that was actually my first thought, too. I was like, well, we're going to have to talk about this on the podcast. <laughs> it's so, it's, it is really funny how he comes up every single week in one form or another. It's like, we yeah, got I mean, after the first couple weeks, it wasn't like the first couple weeks were me talking about, you know, whatever things, you know, channels that I like and everything like that. And then it was like the coffee table just kind of started coming yeah. up. It takes on a life of its own. Mm-hmm. That's usually the way things go. Goad. Yep. Goad. So, Did thank I you, Johnny. I'm goad? super excited. Oh, man. We got to get but him on. We'll get him on. We do have to get him on. There's a couple. There's a couple of people that we, yeah. you know, we have to get on. Like, uh, for example, Jimmy DeResta liked a comment of mine on Instagram today. Oh. That was, yeah. you know, that's it. That's I, I've arrived. And we're not going to ask him about his dick, uh, ditch digging background. Yeah, and how did how did you get your start? Right. <laughs> By the way, did you have you seen the video with him and Brad Leone from um, Bon Appetit? No. Oh my God! So he just, so Bradley only did an episode of It's Alive, and it's a two-parter, and Jimmy was in it. And they made an outdoor cooking rig, and then they went into the deep parts of Jimmy's property and they cooked on it. That's so cool! No, it's I haven't seen that. Phenomenally yet. Wait, good. Wait, so it's on on the Bon Appetit channel? It's on the Bon Appetit channel. Okay, yeah, it's two episodes of It's Alive with Bradley Oney, and uh, yeah, it's it's epic. Um, in oh, fact, awesome. I'm going to add that to. I'm going to just. I'm not going to make it my thing of the week. <laughs> I'm going to just put it in as a reminder to add it. Um, I feel like this is like the reverse episode, Seinfeld, where we start at the end and... <laughs> <laughs> we start at the end and work our way forward. Um, so, we have some interesting news that I got today, um, right before we start, started recording, a couple hours before we started recording. So, I'm sitting there and, you know, checking. I get an email and it's from iHeartRadio. Small and, little thing, you know, no, yeah. Yeah, you know, video. you might have heard of it. You know, maybe you heard of it when it was Clear Channel. I don't know. Um, we are officially on iHeartRadio now, so which is crazy. That's, that's awesome. awesome. So that's a they are they basically have done with their website iHeartRadio.com what uh, Spotify did with theirs, and they've diversified their content tremendously. And one of the things that they added was podcasts. And awesome. I submitted us about I would say about a month and a half ago. Today I got the notification that we are added. I guess we have enough episodes where we're legit. Gotcha. Okay. So you know, it's it. You know, I I'm starting to find when I submit us now, it doesn't take as long. We get approved pretty quickly. So if there's a platform we're not on, which by the way that would be really odd in and of itself. We yeah. Are on at this point, everything. Uh, yeah, now we're on iHeartRadio, so if you want to listen to us there, you know, I'm not going to tell you not to. If you're listening to us already, <laughs> chances are you already know how to find us. And if you have a friend that only listens to podcasts on iHeartRadio, let them know. Yeah, and, you know, <laughs> it, it, if you, the greatest thing is, like, uh, hey, you can search for us on your podcatcher, you're going to find us. I've, I'm obsessed with us being on every platform. <laughs> so it's kind, it's kind of cool that, you know, we are literally on every... I can't think of a platform we're not on at this point. I don't, yeah, I don't know of any. You know, uh, so one of the cool things about um, Apple 
is that the iTunes directory is open source to basically everybody that wants to make a podcatching app. And if you're on iTunes, you're basically everywhere. But there are a few, like Stitcher and, um, was it Radio Public and a couple others that if you're not listed, um, whether you're listed on iTunes or not, it doesn't matter because they have their own directories. Well, thanks to Anchor, who's one of our sponsors. Haha, <laughs> I got to plug the sponsors. <laughs> but if you, if you put your stuff through Anchor, they will make sure that you are on all of these other platforms which it's really hard to get going if you're not everywhere. Right. So it's to your it's to your best interest if you're starting a podcast to get your ass onto something like Anchor. Even if you don't use Here's a great trick I've told people to do, by the way. <laughs> I'm going to pull back the kimono a little bit. This is a good one, I promise. Even if your podcast is self-hosted, right? Get it on Anchor anyway. Put it on Anchor, use Anchor for your distribution. Now, that doesn't mean don't use Anchor, but that does mean that Anchor gives you a platform that makes it really freaking easy to get yourself submitted to all these other places. So if you've never started a podcast from scratch, you don't appreciate it. But if you have, you know what a pain in the butt it is to get your podcast everywhere. Anchor is a really easy way to get your podcast just out onto every platform under the sun. They just do it for you. And that's it. You're done. And it's also the easiest way to get your podcast on Spotify. Oh, is that right? Um, yeah, because Anchor own, is owned by Spotify oh, now. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they oh, bought them. I, in fact, it's really funny. Right after they bought them was when I started this podcast because I was like, okay, that's going to get me at least a little bit of a uh, little bit of a push. And <laughs> rest, as they say, is history. History, right? So um, we don't have a whole lot of topics tonight. We might make it a short episode because it was a little bit long last week. You know, we I, get a. A friend of the show on, and we just can't shut up. <laughs> well, it's funny. Uh, Bettina asked me tonight. She was, she said, "Does it go fast when you're recording?" I was like, "You have no idea," because I, I could not believe. I think we were at like an hour forty last week. Yeah, an like, hour forty-five. I had no idea. I no did idea. the edit. I did the edit. I thought it was a mistake. I'm like, is there like a wide like <laughs> spot of dead air somewhere in this episode that I was unaware of? No, apparently not. Nope. But we do have one topic that I have to discuss. Yep. I have to discuss because this week. Um, I am working on a very, 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 very important project for a very, 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 very important person. And it required me to use Stain. And I'm just going to say this. Home Depot, you really screwed up. (laughs) I mean, you screwed up bad. So for those of you in the woodworking community, you know the story. But for those of you not, let me give you a little bit of background. So Lowe's made a deal with Minwax to be the exclusive big box retailer of Minwax stains, which means you can get it at places like Ace and True Value, but if you want to go to the big guys, you cannot get it at Home Depot anymore. You can only get it at Lowe's. There is no Lowe's near me. There just isn't. It's not convenient for me to go to. The one that is close, I am just not going there. It's just, it's not close enough. Yeah. It's well, and, and and besides this, I, I mean, I don't, everyone has their own opinion. I'm a, I, I prefer Home Depot for most things. So yeah, I, the only time I ever used to go to Lowe's is when I worked in Queens. Mm-hmm. There was a Lowe's near my office, and they open at five thirty in the morning. Yeah, which means I used to get to work at seven thirty, but I would get into the area at like six thirty, so I could go into Lowe's and pick stuff up hours before i actually went to work it was very convenient that was the only time i ever shopped at lowe's 
And one time I wanted, um, there was a, um, a Stanley Fat Max 25-foot two-pack, and Lowe's was the only place to get right. it, and it was like $14. I was like, okay, that's a deal that I will find a Lowe's that has it for. I went to two different Lowe's trying to get it, ended up finding it, got my two Fat Maxes. But I would never go to Lowe's for anything else. Well, and, that, and that's the same thing for me. It, it's literally 10 minutes, I mean, maybe even less 10 minutes from our house, but the Home Depot is probably about 20 minutes. But so I, I, I go to Lowe's, but not by choice. But that's why and I'll often post a story when I whenever I get my haircut, the place I get my haircut, the barbershop is right next to the Home Depot. So it's uh-huh. like an added bonus. So I'm always like save up all the things I need to get at Home Depot for when <laughs> yeah. I have to get a haircut. <laughs> for me, I mean, if I was feeling ambitious, Home Depot was a walk. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Like, it, it, yeah. The, and the, and it just so happens that of all the Home Depots in the area, most of them are crap. This one, the one There's I go one. to on a regular basis, is really nice. Well, that's a good like, point too. There's the one a little bit closer, but it is yeah, it's crap. I don't like. Yeah, I don't know why it's so much worse. I don't the, know. The one that I get my maple at is about 25 minutes away. It's the only one in the area that has hardwood. Yeah, and it's a train wreck. I hate that store. <laughs> I despise it with all my being. Anyway, Home Depot, yes. Home Depot. So Home Depot, you you don't sell Minwax anymore. So you sell Varathane now. If you've been in woodworking or if you have family that's been in woodworking, Varathane is not a brand you don't know. Like, everybody knows about Varathane. Yeah, and I always thought it was pretty good. But Yeah, it's garbage. I'm going to just flat out tell you it's garbage. So there's two things I've tried from Varathane since Home Depot stopped selling um, Minwax stuff. One thing is their water-based polyurethane, which is the equivalent of Minwax's polycrylic. Now... If you've ever used Minwax's polycrylic, you probably feel like it's the greatest thing in the world. And yeah. you wouldn't be wrong. It is phenomenally good. Water-based poly is just wonderful. It's easy. It goes on quick. It dries fast. It doesn't get ever get tacky. You don't have to have perfect temperature. It's sandable. It's and that, durable. And that's what I use for uh, like the image transfers is the Minwax poly, polycrylic. Uh-huh. That's in fact that's the first that's the first experience I ever had with polycrylic mm-hmm. was doing image transfers from a laser printed sheet yep. onto wood. So that was the only reason I had any polycrylic in the house. If you dig back way back in my feed, that was like uh pro- like one of my f- really early posts and I remember um uh Brad from uh Fix uh why am I blanking <laughs> Brad from oh yeah, fix this, build that. Yeah, fix this, yeah. build that. Wow. Um, uh huh. Totally that's where right. I saw the technique. By the way, yeah. that's how I saw how to do it. So I saw that technique. I did it. Did it uh, really early on, and uh, and he like he liked it and commented on it, and I was like, I've made it. And then I got, <laughs> and then I lost like twenty followers. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what are you gonna do? Yep. What are you gonna do? We all <laughs> anyway, we sorry. all roll with those punches. So I tried there. I tried the water-based poly from Varathane. It's just garbage. It, the first of all, you know how Jimmy Jimmy Deresta always bitches about the nozzle on Krylon cans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you, whoever makes the shit nozzles on the Krylon cans is making the crap nozzles on the um, <laughs> on the Varathane cans. They're terrible. They sputter. They make a mess. Okay, fine, whatever. Things happen. So on this very important project, um, and in fact on a project beforehand. Um, I had the misfortune to have to use Varathane Espresso um, because I had to send people to Home Depot to pick out a stain color. And they came back and she sent me a picture of the can. I'm like, what the hell is that? Go to the Minwax section. She goes, there is no Minwax <laughs> section. I'm like, 
oh my God, it's the apocalypse. <laughs> and I was like, this can't be true. So I went to my Home Depot and sure enough, all the Minwax stuff was in the clearance aisle and everything else was sitting there. And I'm like, oh no, there's no more <laughs> Minwax. So I bought this Verathane Espresso Brown and I made floating shells for this customer who's also my best friend and she was very happy with it. So it was passable. So tonight I was like, okay, well, I got to start putting stain on this thing that I'm making for this person who's very special. And I stirred it up and I start putting it on with a foam brush and I'm just getting angrier and angrier as I'm putting it on. It's just not, it's like water. It goes on like water. There's no, it has like no integrity to it. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to describe it. It's, it's just too thin. That's, that's exactly what it is. It's too thin. So were you getting blotches or it like just doesn't well runny? luckily I'm smart enough. So I made this out of poplar mm-hmm. and I knew that I knew that blotching would be a problem. So I used a pre-stain. Yeah. And I'm That's very strange. glad I did. Yeah, because you, this you, that'd be you'd have to throw the piece out if, if you hadn't probably with poplar. No matter how much I stirred yeah. it, and this is where you know stain is garbage. And you know, from my experience, if you go to put stain on and you drop some on the item as you're staining it. If you can see a variation from the edge of it to the middle of it, that means the stain's too thin. That means the pigment isn't evenly distributed mm-hmm. in the carrier. Whatever right. they're using as a carrier, either oil, water, whatever, whatever, it doesn't even matter. It's not important. But what I noticed is that with the Verathane, at the ends, it is really, really, really clear. And then it gets darker toward the middle which means that the pigment isn't evenly distributed. And don't say I didn't mix it. I mixed it perfectly fine. <laughs> Guys, I trust me, I know how to use stain. It's just not good stain. It's right. just not. And this is like one of those rants where if you don't do woodwork, it means literally nothing to you. But if you ever want to make anything out of wood, don't get Verathane stain. Get Minwax, find it. If, it's, if you have only a Home Depot and you have to get Verathane, just understand you're going to have to put on thick coats multiple times. Right. Which is exactly what you're not supposed to do with stain because no, it, it runs not. the risk of getting tacky. It doesn't dry right. Luckily, this did dry reasonably well, and I got two coats of. Um, yeah, I mean, of, you made the best out of it. You sent me a picture, and it looks. Yeah, it looks good. It it looks good. It's just more effort than right. I want to put in right. to make it look good. I had yep. to do a. Th- I ended up having to do th- uh, three coats of poly also. Yeah. Because it just didn't. It wasn't. Didn't work. Yep. Yeah. It's yeah. just not good. I I know Home Depot. I know there's business, but I you guys really screwed this up because luckily there's an Ace Hardware around the corner from me, and I will be going there to get my Minwax from now. I'm never I, buying this Verathane garbage ever again. I love Ace Hardware, actually, to be honest. I mean, obviously you can't get a lot of things there, but there are some things that you get, can get there, like this, but that you can't get anywhere else. Like like uh, the brass rods that I've been using lately in a couple projects, you hmm. can't get those at at Lowe's or Home Depot, but no. they've got them there. And it's, you know, there's little things like that that they're a little bit too friendly for me being a, you know, Northeaster. But yeah, um, but yeah there, I mean, there are some things that Ace is really good at. So uh, we, we went into Ace to get a watering can and we asked the kid that was working there, do you have watering cans? And the guy's like, what's a watering can? And I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and, and we ended up, I ended up walking around the store with Beth and we ended up finding the watering cans and I went back to him and I said, just so you know, this is, this is what I'm watering. <laughs> this is a watering can. See, like that's a, funny. Cause most of the, they're usually really helpful at mine. 
the older guys are, yeah. right? Yeah. And they're not as not as grumpy as no. And I will say that they guys. are not. I mean, the people there are nice. They just don't have the level of knowledge. Yeah, that that's true. Yeah, I want. Yep, fair enough. Um, because look, I'm gonna, you know, you and me probably are the same way. If I'm asking a question, it's right. not. Is this wood or is it plastic? You know, it's like <laughs> right. it's like what is the proper stain and finish combination to use here? Right. Not you know that's why I just don't even bother. I, well, it's I like there. it's like the opposite of like they're nice but don't know anything. Whereas like um, like a woodcraft, which again I <laughs> nothing nothing against woodcraft, but you go there and those guys know everything, but they are the like the most condescending. If older you, men i've ever seen like they look at me and they i can just see that they feel like i'm a youtuber you know like they just know that i'm like i don't know it's so funny they're just but, they don't respect me at all li- listen funny. listen to listen listen this is what i gotta tell you if you're ever in my neck of the woods if you ever want to come and do some kind of collab in my shop let's do it um we are gonna go to woodcraft and i'm gonna take you to the one that i go to in connecticut and you're going to then the guy that runs that store there's it's a husband and wife team that run this store they're the nicest people on the planet that guy has told me first of all he was one of the few people like i was there with my nephew and i bought a couple of pieces of purple heart for a project and he goes, just so you know he goes i know this looks really pale i'm like yeah it's a little paler than i was hoping he goes when you get home put it in your backyard in the sun and he goes, he goes, the UV light is what gives it huh. the color. And I'm like, dude, you just made my day. Because I was thinking like, oh, this isn't going to pop the way I wanted right, to. So right. what I did was I took it. And when I got home, instead of putting it out in the yard, I put it on the windowsill in my, in my dining room. And I went back to it in about an hour. Really? And it was a completely, I was like, oh, I've wow. i heard of that. That's yeah. crazy. So what ends up happening, what, what, so as, the, as these were stacked in the store, some of them had, had sunlight on them, and there was like a faded spot behind the front one okay. on the one behind it. And apparently UV light punches up the purple. Now, Purple Heart doesn't stay purple forever. It does turn into a brownish purple over time. But it's still got that I also purple. Did not know that. That's yeah, crazy. it's got that purple tinge to it, which is really, really nice. Yeah. And the only way to get the purple to come out is to expose it to UV light. So if you have a small piece and you have like a black light, that would work too. It would be mm-hmm. a bombarding it with UV light. You just got to rotate it so you don't end up with uneven color. So there you go. Huh. Yeah, I, no, I've had. I mean, again, I, I'm not hating on woodcraft because I've actually. So the, I met the guy that taught me how to. Um, I built like uh, my first kit. Uh, guitar. This was before Instagram or anything. This was actually probably one of the. I think I talked about it on my first episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was one of the catalysts to me getting in, like really getting into making and having the courage to do it. But I met the guy that taught me how to do that at Woodcraft. So yeah, there he's. You go. I will say that one thing that one thing that they do really well at Woodcraft, as opposed to like a Home Depot. And one of the reasons I like going there is, it is a woodworking store. Mm-hmm. It is a, like you'll see tools there that you just won't see anywhere else. Well, I think that's part of the why, why it appeals to the like true wood, you know, old school woodworking yeah. guys, right? I mean, yeah. so I, I get that, right? Cause, but you're absolutely right. There's, but there are things too that, like you said, like I didn't even know existed. Right? Oh, yeah. I've right. bought things there. You know, there are things that I've seen in people, in YouTube videos that people are using. And, I ended up going to Woodcraft, and there they were. And I'm like, oh, that's that thing I saw. <laughs> like, I needed... Okay, so perfect example. I, I use the Gluebot, which yep. 
if anyone if you're a woodworker and you don't use a glue bot you're doing it wrong it's yep. the greatest glue bottle you'll ever use in your life yep and i went there one time and i'm like you know my tip is getting a little you know a little clogged up and i looked on the shelf and there was a tip kit for the glue bot i'm like i didn't even know you could buy the tips separately but yeah they had all the tips they had the full tip the full tip kit and i was like wow this is this is pretty amazing well, in the in things like uh, I don't know if you ever used them, uh, the micro mesh pads. Um, you know, I, I keep putting them in my. Every time I go there, I grab the set, I walk around the store with it, and I put it back because I I don't have a lathe yet. Yeah, and I don't have a use for it yet. But I know at least I know I can walk in there and buy them. But yes, I that think is can, now you can probably get them on Amazon. It's it's expanded. But when I was doing it, so what I used them for too was um, when I was doing guitars or um, I built a uh, ukulele and stuff like that, and I was using um, uh, this stuff that's made for finishing guns, gun stocks. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what I use to give it a really, really nice gloss. And it works amazing. But you can use it even, like, if you take a raw piece of hardwood and you work your way up through all the micro mesh pads, it comes out looking like it's got a gloss finish on it. It is pretty, pretty amazing. But yeah, there's, I mean, most of the time you don't need them, so... Yeah, that's right. It's it's. I always see them like Peter Brown uses them on his resin projects. Um, Ben's Works uses them on yeah. his resin projects. Mm-hmm. There, and I was watching a video the other day. I'm like, oh, I guess someone's gonna have to break out the uh, micro mesh. And like, <laughs> no, he broke out three thousand and six thousand grit sandpaper. And I'm like, I didn't even know that existed. Right? right? I know. I, it's it's an amazing it's amazing how much you can learn after you think you know everything. Right. Oh, totally. Well, and the the crazy thing about anything like that, like the micro mesh or the really really high grit sandpaper, is it's one of those things where it looks like you are ruining your piece. Like truly, uh-huh. like you you destroyed all of your hard work. Like you built this guitar, right? And you spent however many hours, how you know days and days and days worth of hours, and you start using this stuff and you're like oh my gosh i just messed this whole <laughs> what thing am up. i doing <laughs> yeah. and then it gets to like the last two grits and all of a sudden it just like it's 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 like glass it's amazing but it, it is such a terrifying experience when you're oh, totally. in it yeah, yeah you, you see that you know where you see that also when you're doing um when you're doing polyurethane on any yeah. kind of wood and you know you're doing the sanding between coats and you look at it and you're like oh okay this need yeah i know i need to sand this and you sand it it gets that milky white yep, color exactly and you're yep. just like no <laughs> or or when you spray on polycrylic because it doesn't go on clear yeah polycrylic goes on like milk and you think oh god no no what did i I just do (laughs) give it time it'll be fine yep Yep. (laughs) that's pretty much the motto with everything with woodworking is give it time Mm -hmm. it'll be fine (laughs) uh okay so what are we working on well do you want to go or i'll go or yeah i'll go quick i mean so i'm working on well uh i'm working on another video which again i only say that because that's takes a lot of my time away. So I'm working <laughs> on my fourth YouTube video. Um, at the, I've got the rough edit done and uh, working working on the fine tuning. And, uh, and then I start the voiceovers, which takes me forever because I'm super bad at talking. <laughs> um, but so I'm working on that. I've got a couple of... Um, couple, I've got a collaboration with another uh, one of my Instagram and YouTube buddies. Uh, we've got a collaboration going on uh, for, again, actually, we talked about it a little bit before, but... Uh, you know, variations on the tool belt. What are, you know, what uh, different ways of creating kind of a low profile tool belt. So I'm working on that with somebody, which I'm, I'm excited for. I don't think the first prototype is going to come out perfect. I'm about, you know, I'm probably about 60% through and there's a bunch of things that I already 
can tell aren't the best and I would do differently, which is why you prototype, right? I liked your, I liked your, on your Instagram story, you said, did I just make a leather pocket protector? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was I, laughing so hard at that. I'm like, yeah, you kind of did, bro. I, I did. And I, 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 honestly, I truly did not even like think about that until I finished it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I just, I'm like, <laughs> I like pushed my glasses up. I was like, oh my God, I'm like, where's my calculator? You know, I was just like, oh, I'm such a nerd. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, but yeah, it actually, that, you know, it's not for everybody, but it works really well for me, the little pocket protector. Because what what I like about it most is that I just keep a set of tools in that. Mm-hmm. And if I, and as you know, I have to go outside to use my table saw or any of my, you know, sanding equipment and stuff like that. And I can just grab that, put it in my back pocket and go. Yep. Um, so it's simple. It's not really that necessary, but, uh, but yeah, it worked out well. So yeah, so I'm doing another one of the, uh, a variation on that type of concept. Um, and then I'm really brainstorming some Christmas ideas. Um, I haven't figured out every year I batch out a bunch of things, um, for family. So, and with Bettina's family, who's much bigger than my immediate family, it's grown in, uh, how much that means. And so, um, so I'm trying to figure out what I can batch out quickly, uh, that will be unique and different than last year. So a lot of those types of things, no big projects. I've got a, a couple of big ideas that, uh, I, I have for some future kind of YouTube videos type projects, uh, but I don't know when I'm going to get to those at this point, to be honest. So Yeah, that's usually the way it goes. I know. They just kind of creep up on you eventually, and then you're like, oh, yeah, I don't have time for that now. Exactly, exactly. So what are you working on? Um, I've been I've been perfecting my beaded bracelets. Yep, you've been crushing that. Yeah, and I, you know, guys, if you want a beaded bracelet, I know a guy that sells them and makes them. But I've been, <laughs> you know what I've been doing? I, I found that when I make them, um, posting on Instagram is good, but I've noticed that wearing them and posting them on Instagram seems to be selling them faster than posting them on Instagram. So I've been making, I've been averaging one a day, um, for myself Yep. and I've been posting them on my stories and posting them on Instagram and I actually have started selling them and it's making me really happy that these are starting to gain a little bit of traction. It's not um, funny though, like... Like, there's no real reason, right? And if you ask somebody, they probably would not be able to tell you. But there are, it, for some reason, this thing works and this thing doesn't, right? Yeah, totally. And I, I have no idea why, but it's same with, like, same with posts, right? You post something that you think is going to crush it or whatever, and it does nothing. And, and then it, you do something else that's very similar, <laughs> but you do it in a different way, and it just takes off. And it's yeah. so weird. These are These are a perfect example. These bracelets. So one thing that, you know, Here's the funny thing, right? Okay. These are called, these are generally, they, I, I don't call them that because I don't like the idea of calling them this, but they are technically malas. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. a mala has certain requirements for it being made. And I try to, as best I can, kind of stick to what a mala is supposed to be when I make mine. Um, they're not perfect malas. They're not the perfect number of beads, but there's some debate on whether a bracelet mala can have a perfect, 20 number or 27 beads because 27 is a multiple of 108 there's a when i tell you there are rules like <laughs> i can't even begin to tell you. so i've kind of half given up on making them malas and just started making them really nice bracelets, bracelets yeah and people have you know asked me you know can you do these colors whatever what i was worried about was that i was only going to be making these for women and that's not a bad thing. My primary target market is apparently women, whether I want it to be or not. And I don't have a problem with that. But I wanted to make more masculine malas also because I know a lot of men other than myself that actually wear them. 
So I've started making them for myself as a way of saying, hey, look, see, guys, I can make these. And people have started ordering them from me, you know, because and guys have started ordering them. People order them as gifts. And I'm really happy with the progress of these because I really was starting to feel like a one trick pony because I made the the resin pendants and then everything I've made since then has kind of been, eh, you know, I'll sell a couple here and there. But I think I'm finally getting the hang of how to sell these and what's going to sell them and, you know, making them a little more masculine for guys. And I just have to look at it and go, would I wear that? And if the answer is no, then cut it and remake it. Yep. Yeah, totally. No, I think, I mean, I think uh, bracelets for guys is, is, I mean, it's a thing right now. I think uh, like leather bracelets and stuff like that, you know, especially like stacking bracelets, I think is, you know, there's a big group of guys that are totally like yeah into that i i was on on thanksgiving i was wearing um i was wearing a citrine um what was it citrine and snowflake obsidian bracelet and citrine is supposed to promote happiness and i'm like well i'm going to the in-laws i could use a little promotion of (laughs) happiness everybody can and then i was also wearing i have um a steel bead with white with snowflake obsidian and red jasper and it just looks really, really cool. And I'm like, you know what? Screw that. So I wore those two plus my leather infinity bracelet, which I wear every single day. Yep. And it's like, you know what? This is all the stuff I make here. When I when people say, what do you make now? I'll right. show you. And then Beth was walking around with a pair of earrings that matched. Um, I made a bracelet for my trainer friend mm-hmm. um, because I just love, I absolutely love making stuff for her because she's an amazing model. <laughs> and I love, I absolutely love when she like unprompted, unprompted, I make her something. I know, I know that at some point she's going to post it. And right. It's just, it's just great. And she knows, she knows that I love when she does that. So it's, it's awesome. Yeah. And it's, it's awesome having like a built in model for stuff. Right. So I made a bracelet for her and then Beth saw it and liked it. And she's like, oh my God. That's beautiful. That's gorgeous. I love that. Can can you make that into earrings? And I'm like, huh. Never thought to make that into ear. That's pretty smart. So I sat there for a little while, and I came up with an earring design that was derivative of the bracelet design. And now I'm like, holy crap! I could start making earrings and bra- earring and bracelet sets. Right, right. I had never thought of that, and it's like now I know that I can make sets for people. So. I'm going to start, I, I don't have a place on my site for these yet, but I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a whole bunch of these up and say, these are just examples. Let me know what you're looking for and we'll work together and come up with something. Because I have so many, I have a box of beads now. There's got to be about 10 to 12 pounds of beads in this box. <laughs> it's like, I. <laughs> it's just, I have beads. I have more beads than I know what to do with at this point. That's so, awesome now. Yeah, no, it's a good problem to have because right. now whatever people ask me for, I'm pretty sure I can make the only one. I'm actually waiting for from China, and I actually ordered oh. them from Fire Mountain just to get them get a get a bunch of them faster. As I ordered some rhodonite, which is a beautiful red agate type stone, it is absolutely gorgeous, and I'm very excited about getting my hands on that. I'm I just realize how much time i've eaten up talk about what i'm working on i'm really no sorry. it's awesome um and i'm making that special dis- that special gift for that special person who will have it before christmas and i think that you know i gave ethan a preview yeah i was gonna say uh, uh i've seen it it's freaked I, out a little I think bit they're gonna love it so and i'm cool. designing that client i mentioned a couple of weeks ago i'm halfway done with your project sir 
So <laughs> I haven't forgotten you. I'm halfway done with it, and I'm going to have something to show you by the end of this week. And that's going to be good because, holy crap, I got to get that thing quick. I know. Right? Um, I am really running out of time because I forgot that I'm going to be spending a week in California. <sighs> I know. It's, it, I right before Christmas. What it, am I doing? It's it's nuts. I mean, it, this month is going to go fly yeah, by. Yeah, and I can't I can't say what I'm doing in California till like probably till I come back. Um I know what's going on I, with what's going on. Probably by the time we I can talk about it, you'll have heard it if you're caught up on things but and it's and, pretty and, and if you guys really want to know you can uh dm me and and throw me some cash and i'll give you cut you guys yeah, in well, on the secret uh, so. yeah Ethan and, no you know that's cool yeah we'll split it we'll split it <laughs> there you go <laughs> so yeah that's what that's what i've been working on i've actually had some shop time and i got my garage door fixed on uh friday that's awesome so now i can actually use my planer again um, and I might actually, if the snow goes away, I might actually get to ride my bike, which I bought a month and a half ago, and I've not had a chance to ride it yet. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's not the right season for it, but... No, it's, it's, it's really not. Um, <laughs> why don't we do this? Um, we got a review. Okay. We got a review, and I think for the first time ever, we're going to tease a guest. Okay. Um, because it just seems to fit with this review. And then we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll do the, we got a couple of questions from Dave Swiduck from the Q&A. Um, and a really good feedback from Chris from Cowdog. And yeah. we have our things of the week. So the review, and this is going to be, um, uh, this is going to be the first time we've ever done this, but we are going to spoil a guest. Um, <laughs> we're just trying to work out the specifics. So it may be a little while. Um, good day, guys. Uncle Knack is here. Really enjoy the podcast, and many thanks for the shout-out. Much appreciated. Just letting you know, I've sent you a reply to your request. Looking forward to hearing back. Have a good one, lads. And he gave us five stars. So, yeah, we are working on it. It's a little tricky with someone from Australia, but we are working on it. We will have Uncle Knackers from DIY for Knuckleheads on the podcast. I, I can't am wait. That's beyond excited. Yeah. I'm beyond excited. I, I can't wait to talk to this guy. He's literally one of my favorite YouTubers. He's one of those guys that when he makes a video, I watch it. I don't care if I'm in the mood for YouTube right, or not. Right. I watch all his videos. I've gotten out of... By the way, I don't know. Do you do this? Uh, are you a completionist? Uh, what, if I start something, I am. Yeah. Okay, so I used to sit there and I would have to watch everything in my subscription feed. Oh, oh no. In that way, no. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I used to... I would yeah. Until all the videos had a red line under them, I was like itchy, like my OCD. I've always ta- I always talk yeah. about the weird things that my OCD makes me do. One of the things that it makes me do is I can't have an unwatched video before a watched video. Okay. So I have to watch them in order, and I don't know why. It's just a no, thing. No, it's a thing, right. I, um, I get that, though. And um, I've stopped it. I've managed to break that, and now I just watch. Like I'll look through my feed, and I'm like, that doesn't really interest me, and I'm not going to watch it just for the sake of watching it. I've grown, right? Well, <laughs> and, and uh, if you're like me, there's some channels, like you said, that I'll watch anything. Like, if, oh yeah, whatever, whatever they do, and and the reason why is because I know that they're gonna, there's gonna be something in there, even if the content, you know, even the whatever they're making or whatever the video is about isn't exactly in my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. I know that these people are going to spark an idea or, teach or at me least entertain me <laughs> or, or yeah, at the very least entertain me. Yeah. So yeah, I'm going to give you a good, I'm going to give you a good example of one of those guys. One of those guys for me, and I'm going to steal your thunder is David Picciuto. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I absolutely. And yeah. I've, I've told him this a million times. Uh, yeah. David Picciuto is one of my favorite YouTubers, not because of his woodworking ability, which is right. To me, it's 
I think he's the best. I really yeah. do. I think I know there's a lot of people that have their guy. For woodworking, my guy is David Picciuto. And, and again, he's not, I mean, I wouldn't even put him, he, I think he's a fine woodworker, but I don't think he's a woodcraft old man no, woodworker. No, and that's but, what I like about him. Yeah, he's kind of exactly. like, one of, he's got like that rebel rock star you, yep. woodworker yep. type guy. One of, the, one of the things that I love about David is that I, no matter what the video is about, I walk away with some new piece mm-hmm. of knowledge. And one of the new pieces of knowledge I walked away with, and I mentioned it last week on the podcast, was how he makes ring, how he made his mm-hmm. ring cores with this batch of uh, wedding rings that he made. So today, for the first time ever, I made a copper ring core, and it came out great. Um, I used a pipe cutter, and I used a piece of pipe, a copper pipe from Home Depot, and I used the ring stretcher to just keep working it and working it and working it until it was the size so cool. that I needed. And holy crap, I made a copper ring that fits me. Now, that's not the final plan, but that is a hell of a head start. Yeah. Because that's going to get me to the final plan, and it looks really, really cool. So, no, yeah. I, I think, I, I, I mean... His video last week where he made an oval uh, picture frame. Oh, my God. It was so good. So good. I it was never, so good. I guarantee you. Well, maybe not. But I I can confidently say I will probably never make that. No, I'm never. I'm never going to no. make an oval frame. But I. There's I, so many. There's so many little tricks and tips in that video that mm-hmm. he did of like like the three, um, the three screw thing where he uh-huh. did the three screws and then like that. I'll apply that to something at some point point in time and i think i even made that comment to him i'm like this is one of those videos that i'm gonna save because there are techniques and tips in this that i will apply to a future project yeah like and to me that's the best kind of youtube channel that's the only kind of youtube channel that i really want to watch anymore it's not it's not project i don't mind project videos right i really don't i don't mind project videos um, sometimes I just like like um, Serena from Thrift mm-hmm. Diving. She did a project this week where she took a lamp from the thrift store and oh, just yeah, yeah, yeah. refurbished mm-hmm. it. And it, I do I really want to make that? Probably not. But no. watching it and watching her make it, I'm like, oh wow, what a great refurb she just did on. And it's such a simple project. Right? It's just paint and spray adhesive and colored paper. And um, what's that tape that she used on the uh, the, the hem oh, tape? Uh, I forgot what it's called, but uh, bias yeah. tape. That's what it's called, bias tape. And I'm like, that's it. That's all she needed. And look how good that looks. And she took a, a $5 lamp. She basically did a $30 lamp that was perfect. Yeah. Well, it, and it, it just sparks ideas and sparks creativity and makes yeah. you, it gets you excited to figure out something i don't know it's yeah, yeah like yeah. david i'm not gonna make i'm not gonna make my rings the way he does i wasn't no. trying to make veneer and do it that way that's not what i got these you know what i'm making ring cores for but it was a great way to make ring cores without making them out of steel and that doesn't mean i won't make them out of steel actually i have one of our listeners is working on it probably after the holidays i'm really gonna try to get some samples done and you know help him out and whatever but because I'm just in no place to do anything. If he gave me the samples of what he can make, <laughs> I'm in no place to do anything with them right now. So it doesn't really matter. I can wait. But yeah, just being able to go, oh, I can make copper ring cores. Like, right. I know I'm going to have other issues with this. Like, I'm going to have issues with, with it tarnishing. And I have I have some jewelry resin. Jewelry. Boy, did I say that weird? <laughs> um, I have some jewelry resin that I can use. And that's going to probably solve the issue of it tarnishing but you know i can figure it out i'm a pretty smart guy and uh yeah that's so that's 
David Picciuto continuously inspires me with stuff like that. Continual, yeah. continually, not continuously, continually. I just one more. I feel like we're, again, he's we talk about every episode, but mm-hmm. um, the last week of uh, last episode of making it, we're talking about what they're thankful for. Mm-hmm. It, he at the very end again. I feel like it was a little bit of us last week. Where we got <laughs> a, little a little choked up about it, but it's just so nice. Like he, you can hear it in his voice, and he's truly thankful for this like he's at the best place in his life is what he says yeah and i and that's so inspiring just from someone that seems like they have a great channel they got it all figured out to to hear that from someone like him to be like i at now i am right now i'm yeah. the happiest yeah and and it's because of the community and everything like that it's just and again always inspired i'm very inspired by yeah. So one of one of the things one of the things that I have been um, very big on since my diagnosis last year was finding happiness, mm-hmm. how, whatever that means. Right. Um, it's whatever that means, and going it can be for small it. and bit small or big. Yeah. Or yeah. Just go for it. Right. You don't live right. on this earth long enough to put off being happy. Right. And you know you can you can pretend you're happy for so long, and or make excuses away. for why you're not. Exactly. Right? Yeah. You you can get away with it, but at some point, at some point, if you're honest with yourself, right, you're gonna know you're not happy. Yep. And it's at that point where you you have you come to a fork in the road, and you can either go in the direction that makes you happy, or go in the direction that you always thought you were gonna keep going and just plot along and continue on the road you know it's the difference um i like using the example it's the difference between driving a car and taking the train if you take a train you're going where the train goes there's nothing you can do about it the train is on tracks the tracks take you a certain place but if you take your car you can go a lot of different ways you can veer off the road you can take a detour you can go a completely different direction if your spirit moves you that way Right. And sometimes sometimes you really do have to look at your life. I was getting a little deep and I don't, you know, but no. it, there's a point. Sometimes you have to look at your life and just go, I'm not happy with the road I'm on or or this road doesn't take me to happiness. Right. And maybe it's time to put this put the address I want to end up in in ways and see how to get there. You know, and that's that's kind of I think that what David was saying about he's in a the best he's at the best point of his life. I think that everyone can get there. You just have to recognize when you're not doing what's going to get you there and change it. Right. Change it. Don't be afraid to change it. As hard as it may be, you may have to. You know, like the action movie where, you know, there's an explosion and you walk away toward the camera. Sometimes you have to do that. Right. Sometimes you just have to do that. And that's just because that's your happiness might not be in the car that went off the cliff. It might be, you know, when you're walking down the road and you hitchhike. So. Right. And I think that David, David has changed direction on his channel and in his career and in his life enough. You know, he was a web developer and he moved on from that. He was the drunken woodworker, which was kind of a gimmick where he would, you know, be kind of a uh, 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 kind of. 
beer drinking, not really like a drunk, but you know, he was a little bit of a, like almost um, a hipster woodworker. So <laughs> yeah. now he's one of the most technically proficient and artistically competent woodworkers on YouTube. And just think of all those evolutions and all the times he probably had to look at himself and go, I'm not happy on the direction I'm going. And just to be able to just stop what he's doing and say, this is not what's going to make me happy. And to start over, not from scratch, clearly he's not starting over, but you know, it, there is some import to that. Jason, when Jason Stapleton was on, he talked about it. You know, he had the number one libertarian podcast. Right. And he blew it up, walked away, and said, this is not what I was meant to do. This is not where I need to go. This is not what makes the world a better place. And he stopped doing it. Yeah. Like, imagine, like right. guys, think about that for a second. That's a guy with thousands and thousands and thousands of downloads on a daily podcast. Right. And he's and that's your livelihood, right? Yeah, I mean, and he blows it up because it's not making him happy. Mm-hmm. If he can do it, you could do it. Well, I think, th- and I think that it is part of what David has come to realize. I think he's finally accepted the fact that he's like, I don't need to be what I think the channel will, what will drive the channel. He's like, uh-huh. I think he's finally confident in the fact that there'll be enough of us that come along for the ride. Yep. That he can do what he actually wants to do and not be handcuffed to, you know, handcuffed to what he thinks will work on YouTube. And I think he finally realized that. And that's what has like totally reinvigorated him. And to me, that's the most exciting thing. Yeah. If, 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 and I, uh, you know, uh, that, that's what drives us, right? The passion and, um, and in loving what you do is what, shows through and people relate to that so no matter what you're doing it works both ways though right if you it's very obvious if people are passionate about what they're doing it's very obvious if people are doing it because it's what they need to do right yeah yeah no totally and and you know like when 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 one of when one of our favorite um podcasters slash youtubers does this I, 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 me personally, I engage more. When Evan oh, and yeah. Caitlin started changing their channel a little yeah. bit, they did it slowly, but they did. If you go back and watch the old Evan and Caitlin versus the new Evan and Caitlin, they are not the same thing no. at all. And I like the new Evan and Caitlin so much better than the old one. That's not to say I didn't like the old one. Right. It's just that it's like vanilla ice cream or vanilla ice cream with whipped cream and chocolate sauce. Well, of course, with whipped cream and chocolate sauce, it's going to be much, much better. <laughs> but, um, we are fifty minutes in. All by right, the way. All right, let's move on. All right. We do have to. We do have to hit a sponsor break halfway through the episode, or we don't get paid. So, we're no going to take a break and get paid, and we're going to come right back. Welcome to. No, I'm just kidding. I know that this is going upright, and it went upright last week. Thank you. Uh, it did. By the way, I just want to point out that it did actually screw up, but I caught it. So they got to figure that out. There's right? something wrong with 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 the uploader. And, and it just it's just because it's it whatever uploads first is what they put first. Well, that... the thing is, I was careful this week. Yeah. And I uploaded the first. I started the first one. I let it almost finish and then uploaded the second. But when both had finished processing, ah. they were they were flipped. Gotcha. So I just have to be super duper careful every single week until they figure this out. But this week's episode is going to be pristine. And I say that, and I know for a fact that it's not going to be, and I'm going to feel like an idiot tomorrow. Well, Wednesday. That's right. It's Monday night. We're recording on the normal day this week. 
<laughs> so we do have some. Well, we have. Let's do the feedback first, and we'll do okay. the two questions since they're from the same person. So we got feedback from Chris from Cowdog Woodworks. What's up, Chris? And um, we love you, Chris. Um, and thank you. Uh, there's a. I got to give him a little thank you in the middle of this because he said something that really made me chuckle. I uh, figured I'd take a minute to write a proper listener email since Vincent was on the struggle bus on my last comment regarding chairs trying to juke around my cussing landmines to keep the clean tag. Sorry, guys. Uh, yeah, it was a little difficult, but it's okay. You know, we're adults here. Um, I dropped an F-bomb in the last episode, so it's fine. Um, I wanted to get into the whole bit from last week about copying other makers and the potential benefits, backlash, etc. I don't think I'm covering new ground here, but by and large, nothing is original anymore. Iron Man has an Icarus complex. The Mandalorian is a Clint Eastwood Western with a baby Yoda. A box is a box, and candidly, everything in woodworking is a variation on a box. Ask Paul Jackman. Well said. That last part is great. A box is a box, and candidly, everything in woodworking is a variation on a box. It pretty much is. It's either a box or a plaque. Um, The point is, we're all putting our unique spins on things. And some of us, myself included, aren't even putting a new spin on things, but just interjecting our personality to give the viewer perhaps a more or perhaps less digestible experience. The difference between Rob Cosman and Jonathan Katz-Moses is largely the cinematography and the depth of information, not the actual information itself. And I actually agree with that. Um, As for the Mike Montgomery situation with his Polk-style bench, I want to come out of the gates and say I'm not a Mike apologist. However, more importantly, he didn't make a Polk workbench. (laughs) Is it cool if a large account undercuts a smaller yet influential account? No, it's not. But saying that Mike's bench was a pawk is the equivalent of saying that a basketball and a volleyball are the same because they're round and full of air. The fact of the matter is a bench with storage cubbies is not inherently a pawk, and the folks that lashed out likely did so for reasons, uh, for other reasons unrelated to the build. After seeing, by the way, after seeing the two benches in question, I actually agree with that also. At the end of the day, this community benefits from one very simple principle, and I hope this doesn't violate Vincent's clean tag. Don't be a, don't be a D asterisk asterisk K. I'm not saying that word. Sorry. Um, originality <laughs> is overrated, and while attribution, uh, attribution and credit is nice and, frankly, mandatory to an extent, ain't nobody trying to do a full bibliography at the end of a YouTube video or an Instagram post. People losing their minds doesn't strengthen us. It drives away participation and experimentation and weakens us as a community. I've got a sneaking suspicion that most folks who lash out like that typically don't have a problem with the build per se, but I've let that one factor allow their pot to boil over in that moment. Anyway, love the pod. Keep it up. Thanks for not sucking. Chris. Well, I'm going to go a step further, Chris. You rarely see in blow-ups like this. In this case, you did, but I think it was just a matter of people just getting on each other. But you rarely see the people that make anything having these kinds of fights. Mm -hmm. Usually, these are audience fights. And almost exclusively, they're audiences, audience members that don't make a damn thing. That's just the bottom line. It's just, it's, it's a fight that people who make stuff just don't have time to have. Right. We're too busy making stuff. And, yeah. you know, on a, it's different in a setting like Ethan and I have here with this podcast where this what we do. We talk about making. We talk about the uh, maker movement. We talk about creativity. It's a very different thing than someone like Mike Montgomery, who I respect a great deal. Um, and did he maybe knock off the guy's design? Hey, I'm going to go a step further than Chris. I don't care if he did. Right. I don't care if he did. Now, 
is it does it suck that he sold plans? Yeah, but you know what? He sold plans for his version of something. Well, it, right. it, let, are, are we going to go that far now and say that if somebody makes a, okay, let me give you a better example. Brad's flip top workbench. I have literally seen <laughs> yeah. five different variations on that design, and almost every one of them is selling the plans in one form or another. Yeah, no, I yeah, and uh, I said it last week. I agree. Like, I I think the thing that came down to it, right? The one piece is that he was selling plans, right? Beyond that, I am in hundred percent agreement with with you and Chris, and and I am in agreement too with the fact that he can sell plans. Here, uh, so I think that was the sticking point, and that was the mm-hmm. only right. The only reason I said that is I think that was the only valid point of of the argument because i understand that this guy, this guy with a smaller channel he's made a plan it's it's a unique design he's selling plans he's making money from that plan for another person to come in and sell plans that has a bigger audience okay i get that mm. i don't necessarily agree that that's a about you know a violation of anything but here's the thing is even when that happened mike in my opinion did the right thing and and changed it and pointed people to this other person's plans. And to me, that makes it worthwhile. You know, that, that solved know, the problem. By the way, you know, he still caught... I was so... After you told me what went on, I went yeah. in Mike's comments and I started reading about the and people were like that's not enough. Guy, what do you want? Blood? Right. Like, well, what exactly. Do that, you that's want? my problem. What right. is the remedy? What right. what write down your specific remedy so we can all figure out what the hell you're talking about when you say it's not enough. Dude, what more do you want? You're mad that he sold the plans. He stopped selling the plans. Right. Well, exactly. <laughs> it's 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 you wanted to donate it to chat like what do you want well like, you can't even stop. do anything but i mean and that's the problem is he can't do anything else at that point exactly and listen we can't we're none of us are perfect none of us um i'm pretty we're close. gonna make mistakes but <laughs> yeah um but we're gonna make mistakes all right yeah. and and i think in this world that we live in where everything is is on the record is is on podcasts is on youtube is on like once you make that, it's live. It it exists, and so it's about what you do once once you make that mistake. And again, who knows? I I'm not one to to say whether Mike knew or didn't know or anything. I don't care, right? You know what? He did it. The he the he made the plans. He sold them. People called him out. He tried to adjust for it, and we moved on. What I said to Chris actually when he sent this to me, I I said. I don't think anyone, you know, Chris, uh, Mike or uh, Jay, Jay Bates or anyone, I don't think anyone came out of this looking 100% clean. Like, I think everyone was just a little too aggressive, a little bit too confrontational, and a little bit too, like, what, what does it matter? Like, like, Assume benign intent. Exactly. If you, that's, if you live 100%. by that rule, if you live 100%. by that rule... The world is a much less toxic place, I promise. Well, and to me, that's what that's what this community should be about. And I think at 98% of the time it is. You know, I've been blessed. I have had very few negative comments. Well, Instagram is notorious for not having a lot of negative comments. But I, uh, even on YouTube and everything like that, I've had very few negative comments. But when, when something comes over that I perceive as being negative, I really try. I, and I truly, I'm not on a soapbox. I truly step back and say... All right, how am I inter- like I'm interpreting that this way? Mm-hmm. 
can it be interpreted a different way? Mm -hmm. And most of the time, yeah, yeah, it can be interpreted a different way. They're trying to, one, be funny. They're not very funny, but they're trying to be funny. Um, or like they they meant good intentions. There's there's something in there that where they say, I like this. This is how I would do it differently. They just didn't have a good way of wording it. And, mm -hmm. you know, so and when I do that and I comment back and I just I comment back with a positive thing. Every time I've done that, again, it's been very few and I'm a small channel or in a small, you know, whatever Instagram account. But whenever I've done that, they've come back and been really positive. So I think there's something to be said to we overreact and you have to take yourself out of that moment to to really assess what what the comment is or, or, or what you're feeling. And if you do that everyone benefits in order for in order for these haters and I, yeah i'm going to use the term haters even though it's a bit corny and cliche but they are haters in order for these haters to be correct what would have had to have happened is that mike montgomery who has given away so much to this community as far as knowledge and inspiration yeah. suddenly turned into a scumbag who wants to make and I, i'm look i don't know how many people buy his plans but I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's not a lot. That's not right. That's Nobody not his, that sells plans right. is making a ton of money selling plans, except for maybe Brad Rodriguez. <laughs> but seriously, I don't. I don't think that Mike suddenly saw a way he was going to corner the market on right. plans and just let it go. But but again, I I mean I I don't want to diminish the other side of it either because I understand where the frustration comes from people that are really trying to grind it and everything. I understand the frustration. I don't necessarily warrant it, but I understand the frustration and again, call them out on it and if they don't if they don't rectify the situation, then then that's on them. If they rectify the situation, then you know what? Then Move on. Then just shut up. Yeah. At that point yeah. just shut up. You well, got what you and, wanted. And the best part about all of this is like I said, when Chris sent that, I said, I don't think anyone came out of this look, you know, completely clean looking, you know, no one put their best face forward in this whole yeah. situation, in my opinion. But the one person that I think did benefit from it is Polk. Because, you know Man. what, I guarantee, one, well, one, hats off to him for not getting involved, because I think that that's a stand-up thing to do. And you know what? I mean, he could have just thought that the, it wasn't close enough to warrant any kind well, of that, complication, that which, which no, that he, is probably what it actually was. Is he maybe, didn't think it maybe. was a knockoff of his bench. I mean, maybe, but you know what? But he, I think, well, all right, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna take the what I would hope the route would be is that he saw this and he said, you know what, this is not my place to get involved or whatever, you know, and and he stood back and you know what, I guarantee. His sales of his plans have skyrocketed from mm -hmm. this, and his exposure has skyrocketed. And so, you know what? Let's all look at this as a benefit. At the end of the day, this is great publicity, great exposure for the guy that created the design. And let's move on. Yep. I, I agree. I so. agree. And let's move on. Yeah, and um, let's move on. <laughs> so since it's an Ethan and I only episode, um, I put the call out for a Q&A, and our good friend and Pat, and last week's guest, David Swyduck, actually came to the table with two pretty good questions. Um, we'll do the first, the longer one first, because it's a question I just don't have a really good answer for. So um, let's get I'm that not one sure done. I'm sure I first. do either. So. Um, okay, guys, here's a question I'd be curious to hear your voice on. Vincent and I have talked about this a tiny bit in the past, but I'm still curious to hear what you have to say about it now. So the question's this. 
With social media as makers, you're able to use your social media to show things like your how it's made type of videos, share a product you're selling, promote your business, etc. And social media, including podcasting, is a great way to be able to essentially sell and or market, build brand recognition, your products. But what advice would you give to those such as myself whose product is the podcast or a website with written mm. content? Meaning, I don't have a new physical item that I can share or promote. What I'm selling or marketing is myself and my ideas, which are totally not tangible. I've been working at it and have some things that are working all right, but I'd love to hear more from you guys since you both have a very different approach to social media than I do as a photographer stuck in that mindset some. Dave, I got to mm. be honest with you, man. I I don't have a good answer for this. Yeah, I'm not sure if I do either. Um, we have we have talked about this, by the yeah. way. We talked about it when he was on the first time. Okay. Um, and I talked about it. He and I, I'm pretty sure we talked about it when I was on his podcast with Aunt Pruitt. And I just don't have a good answer for this. Um, and I'll tell you why I don't have a good answer for it, Dave. The reason I don't have a good answer for it is because I was that person. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was doing, when I started doing podcasts, I'll give you a little history. Um, I started doing podcasts like I think it was 2005-ish. Um, it was very 2005, 2006. It was a very new thing at the, that point. People had just been figuring out how to do podcasts, and I was very lucky. Um, I had a friend of mine um, who started a podcast on his own, and I kind of came on as his, as his co-host. Um, he had me on as a guest, and then said, "Hey, this worked out. Why don't you be my co-host?" You ever hear that story before? Oh, wait, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we did really, really well, and it got to a point where I was like, hey, we should bring more podcasts together and promote them together, and we formed a podcast network. And that podcast network, uh, I, I, I mean, you probably, if you're, if you're younger, you don't even know who we were, but if you're of an older group and you were podcasting back then, you knew who we were. We were big. And I'm not talking big like in my head. I'm talking big numbers that I would kill to have today. Um, but we didn't market the podcasts because there was no way to market them. What we did get, we had a lot of word of mouth and we just got really, really lucky. Um, my blog was huge, but I was doing angry rant politics and I hate to say it, but angry rant politics on a blog in those days was huge. It was huge. You didn't have to market yourself. You got in with like-minded people, and a couple of links from the right people would blow you up. So I had a po- I had a blog that was getting two hundred and fifty thousand unique views um, a month. Okay, and just put that number into your head because think about a quarter of a million individual people checking out anything you do monthly. That was my number. It was two hundred and fifty thousand unique views a month. It's not an insignificant number. No pun intended for those of you that know the name of my old site. But I didn't market that site. Um, I just had ideas that people came for. I was saying stuff that people wanted to hear. I had a large audience, and I parlayed some of that into the podcast audience. Um, When I switched from doing politics to doing mostly photography, my audience completely died. I lost all my audience. I had nothing. And in fact, when I shut down the site, I shut it down because nobody was coming anymore. Um, I did a YouTube channel where I was doing um, three-minute videos every day. I did that for one year. And then I did it for another four months where I was just doing it on weekdays. And I gave myself the weekend off. I did well. That 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 YouTube channel did do really well. But it's not sustainable. 
but I didn't do well because I figured out how to get people to come. I just had a thing that people wanted. So I guess the only thing I can tell you is, and I'm I'm not saying this to you as directly as it's going to come out, so don't take it that way. But if people aren't coming or you're not growing the way you want, and maybe the thing you like is just either it's just going to be forever going to be a passion project for you, or there isn't a groundswell or a mass uh, mass market appeal for it. And that doesn't mean it's bad. It just means that you're in a niche. And you have to decide if you're comfortable staying in that niche or you want to break out of that niche. You know, we, we, I've been very lucky with this podcast because I managed to turn the ship a little bit from the original direction of this podcast to where the original direction is just a feature every once in a while. This podcast would not be sustainable with its original format. Like I am telling you, it would hmm. have been over already. The reason we're able to record episode 26 tonight is because it didn't stay the way it was. Right. It just wasn't sustainable. It got good numbers. We, the, our numbers are good. I'm happy with our numbers. They're small and growing, and I'm perfectly fine with that. I'm willing to put in the work. I know Ethan's willing to put in the work with me. Um, and there's a community building. I think, we are. Yeah. We have a very active and engaged audience that I will go to the ends of the earth to put a show out for because I know that the people that listen to this show really like it. Um, I, but I, I'm telling you, Dave, the, the God's honest truth from, from my mouth to your ears, if you're ever feeling like it's not working, then you might have to reevaluate whether or not you want to do it for the public. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I, I, yeah, go on. I'm sorry. And and there's nothing wrong with that. If you want to do it as a passion project or something that you enjoy doing or an outlet, then by all means, that's a perfectly valid reason to do it. Just understand that that's the reason you're doing it. If you're if you're doing something and you know it's not gra- it's not getting that mass market traction and that's what you want, then you have to make a decision. It's that fork in the road that I just talked about a few minutes ago. Yep. You have to decide, do I want to go along this route and enjoy what I'm doing, or do I want to divert, maybe not enjoy it as much, but maybe catch that lightning in a bottle and get something a little bit bigger? That's pretty much your only options. I think your ideas are great. I think your stuff is great. And I think the people that listen to your podcast think you're great. Um, I might be in your niche, and that's why. I don't know. I don't know. But as far as... I don't know what to do to make your ideas more appeal to more people. I just, I don't know. I don't have that answer for you. All I can say is that if you're not happy with where it's going, you only have two choices. You can completely change direction or you can go forward with it knowing that it's going to just be your passion project and you're going to do it because you love doing it. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, I mean, I completely agree with all of that. I think, um, yeah, I mean, I, you made a great post today on Instagram about creativity and um, and I think it parlays really well with this. I think you got to, what Vincent said, if if it's what you're passionate about, then just keep, and it's a passion project, keep doing it and people will find you. Right. And because because it doesn't matter then if you have 100 subscribers or 100 or a thousand subscribers. Right. You're doing it because it is what you're passionate about. And 
So it doesn't matter, right? So, but if if you want to grow and everything like that, I absolutely don't have the answer either. But what I think, the only thing I can think of is trying to reach out and tap into people outside of your niche, as you said, Vincent, like outside of this like photography, creativity world and find people that are, that you think might be like-minded, but are in a different space, right? So people that are, that are passionate about whatever they're passionate about, passionate about making, passionate about photography, passionate about art or whatever, and, and engage with them and try to get them to come over to your, to your passion. I think that is, to me, that's the only way I, I can imagine how you can grow it without, I don't know. I think, does that make sense, Vincent? Like, yeah, no, totally, totally. I think if you kind of can find people that are like-minded, but are in a little different space and you can really, t- you know, show them that there are these overlaps, the, there are these connections that can be made between photography and, and woodworking or photography and videography or cinematography, any of those things. If you can bridge that gap for them and show them that there's some value, then I think that will bring people, new people to your channel or your, you know, your podcast or your uh, Instagram feed or whatever it is that you're working on. I think that is a way to bring new people in. And another thing you can do, and, you know, Dave, this is something that, you know, I did. Get a co-host. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm dead serious. Not because you need a co-host, not because you're not capable of having a show on your own, right? But I'm going to tell you what happens when you bring in a co-host, the dynamic of your show will change. Um, I, the dynamic of this show changed dramatically. There were days where I would just come to the show and I got nothing. Like I, I just I start recording because that's what we do on Monday nights. But I've got I'll go in with it and I'll be like I'll figure it out on the way and I can talk. We kind of still do that though. <laughs> we, but but here's the thing, no, right? No. If I was to do that solo, yeah. it would look like I'm doing that. Right, right. You know. What, what having you on board with me does is it gives me somebody to reflect off of. And hey, when Dave sends in a f- question for the Q&A, I can answer it. And then I can sit back for a minute and get mm-hmm. another perspective like yours. Sometimes, sometimes just having another perspective right there with you on the spot will change everything. Well, I think too is like what, like I don't, I often think of things as you're saying them right like something mm-hmm. you say spurs something in in my brain you know so mm-hmm. i think yeah. that's a, a added bonus of a co-host too is that you play off each other and you you don't know what you what you don't know until you don't right? <laughs> <laughs> very well said you don't know what you know until you, you don't know what you don't know until you know you don't know it <laughs> there we go <laughs> there's there's this week's tagline yeah exactly that's a jimmy Jaresta making it uh yeah, title if, i think if it's if it's if it looks straight it is straight <laughs> that's what i always say but no seriously dave i i don't have a perfect answer for you but i would say that if you're if you're antsy then changing it up is not a bad idea. Right. And um, you don't have to 180 degree it either, right? Exactly. I mean, I'm glad you didn't say 360 degree it, by oh, the way. People say that all the time. That bugs me so much. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm done. <laughs> but yeah, no, D- Dave, that's, I love the question. I'm yeah. sure that's something that, and guys, anyone listening, if you have any suggestions, that's the kind of question that I'd love to put out to the audience because, right. you know, what do you do when, you know, as makers, as a maker, you have a product, but as a photographer, you kind 
China are the product. Right. So what do you what do you do? You know, how how much do you sell yourself versus your product, and what do you do to get the little bump? That's well, and I think that applies to content creators as well. Like, yeah, content I creators. Mean, I mean, I don't consider myself one, product. so I don't even see it that way. But yeah, I guess so. Right. I mean, as a as a content creator, you're not selling a product. You're selling a image or a video or a whatever the brand is the, you exactly it's like when it's like I, I evan and caitlin's a perfect example yeah, when they totally. did their transition oh, they kept they yeah. said on their podcast yeah. that you know we realized that the projects weren't the brand evan and caitlin yeah. was the brand and i think people, they're a perfect example people are going to stick around for the evan and caitlin brand or they're not right. but we're still the brand whether they stick around or not so and that's where we're going to be long term so yeah yeah, right. who knows? Who knows? I mean, look, we're talking about this on episode 26. It'd be funny to hear us talk about this again at episode <laughs> 126. Yeah, exactly. Or episode um, 50, the next time we have Dave Swiduck on. Because um, <laughs> we're going to have him on it quarterly. <laughs> every <That's>, quarter. <laughs> every quarter. The other question he asked, which is a, which is a good one, is a, what is one project you've made multiple times in the past that you would absolutely dread having to make again? <laughs> you might still make it if absolutely necessary, but will avoid having to make it again at all costs. Kind of the opposite of a dream project. Well, I have an answer, and it's going to stun everybody. Brace. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Coffee tables. Oh. Oh, I hate making coffee tables yeah what? I, i've i've actually only ever made one and i hated every minute of making <laughs> it and it's funny because i i i made it and i went a weird direction with the finish on it and i was like wow this is really cool look how edgy i am and i absolutely despise it it is sitting in my basement <laughs> i thought it was going to look so cool i was going to make all the furniture in my oh, living room the worst though and yeah i was so convinced that yeah. i had nailed it and I think I looked at it, I kept it in the basement after I finished it, and now it's literally my scroll saw and an empty gas can and a storage box are sitting on it in my basement. Like, it's just <laughs> serving no function. And realistically, if I was more ambitious, I would have broke it down and made it into firewood already. <laughs> it's just not, I don't like it. And yeah. there are so many projects where I've started it and gone, this is awesome, this is awesome. I'll give you a good one also. We did a... um a challenge in one of the woodworking groups I'm in on Facebook. And the challenge was a headphone stand. And I had this idea that I was going to take two pieces of wood. I was going to sandwich them over a piece of clear 3d printed, whatever that would match the shape that I did. And it was going to look so cool. And then this would light up and my God, was that thing heinous. <laughs> and I think I made it. I set it up on my desk and I looked at it couple of times i put my headphones on it i entered it into the contest of the group and i think about a month later um, my nephew was here and he was at my desk and he bumped it and it fell apart and i looked at it when i was annoyed that he broke it and then afterwards i'm like no he did you a favor and i just took the whole thing and threw it away <laughs> like i don't usually yeah. throw away stuff i make like i get very sentimentally attached to it mm -hmm. but that was something that i will never i just had no interest in so i don't have specific projects like i can make coffee i know i can make coffee table um i probably would make a much better coffee table now i'm a much better woodworker than i was when i made that coffee table but I just have no interest in no making interest. coffee tables ever again. No. <laughs> Which is, and you know, it's funny. The project I seem to make the most is cutting boards. And I swear to you, I will make 500 cutting boards and be happy making every single one of them. Right. I love making cutting boards. I absolutely, I could make cutting boards till the cows come home and be perfectly happy with my life. I love making cutting boards. But as far as 
what I would never want to make. I never want to make another coffee table. Never, ever, ever, ever. No. <laughs> Ironically. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. No. So I saw that come, uh, that come over, that question come over. And it's actually funny that I posted uh, tonight um, that I so I posted the exacto knives that I made, the leather Um And in the in my comment as I was writing it, I wrote that actually before this question came over. Um, and I wrote, I rarely make the same thing twice. Because <laughs> I, 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 that's just not me. I really don't enjoy making the same thing twice, which is part of the part of my problem is for selling things, right? Because yeah. um, you kind of need to make things more than once to sell them. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, and I mean, so I, I just get really bored making the same thing over and over again. So oh, my answer is kind of every project. If that if that makes sense, I mean, I will do do it. I like custom pieces. I like um, I like making tweaking a design to fit someone's specific need or whatever or whatever they like. So th- that's an angle. But yeah, most of the time, if I can avoid making the same thing twice, I will. I just really don't enjoy it. It's it because my excitement and my whatever my passion comes from creating that thing for the first time, designing it. And the, I guess the only exception is if the first design doesn't come out even close to what I want, but I'm still passionate about the concept, I'll hmm. do it again, right? Interesting. But, yeah. But other than that, yeah. Nah. <laughs> Have you ever had a project come out so wrong that you made it again just to see if you could make it the right way? Oh, at, like a lot of them. I'm, really? I, oh, yeah. No, I'm trying to think of what... I'm trying to think of an example. I probably won't be able to come up with it, but yeah, no, definitely. Um, or or I'll stop halfway through and restart. <laughs> I've done that. No, that yeah. I've definitely. Yeah, yeah, that it's probably more that than than. Yeah, you could kind of see. You could see where yeah. this is going to go. Uh-uh. <laughs> but I mean, but I've been trying to prototype more, which I talked about earlier. Like I've been trying to kind of prototype and and problem solve as I go, and so th- there's been a little bit more of that lately where I. All right, I'm gonna see it through, and then and then tweak it, and you know, totally throw it on its head, and see how I can make it better. So I've been doing a little bit more of that. Okay, but that's good. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, but yeah, no, I definitely do not have a project that I've made. I probably only made the same thing for Christmas presents when I'm batching them out, and that's like, you know, six charcuterie boards. Like, it's it's not something that's like out of the. And then I'll never make a charcuterie board again. So, Brad Brad Rodriguez is probably hearing you say that word right now and going, "It's not charcuterie." Charcuterie. He did that on um, Made for Profit. He called <laughs> it charcuterie, and I just cracked oh, up laughing. I said it right, right? Yeah, you said it right. You All said right. it perfectly. Actually, <laughs> it's just every time I hear the word, every time I hear the word or see the word, I think of him saying charcuterie. Charcuterie, which cracks me up every time. <laughs> So you want to get into things of the week so we can get out of here? let's do it. All right, cool. So um, two things of the week that are relatively easy, and then one that was so cool that uh, I thought of my co-host here the second I saw it. So the first one, um, Brad Leone and Jimmy DiResta. Brad Leone from Bon Appetit and um, one of the more interesting people on YouTube, um, (laughs) combined with Jimmy DiResta to do an outdoor camping and uh, outdoor cooking rig that you could use for camping or whatever. And it was a two-part video series. It was on the Bon Appetit channel, not Jimmy's channel. So you guys may not have seen it. But it's just genius. It was 
awesome. It was is about a, it was about forty minutes total um, for the two episodes. I finally got to watch both this weekend, and it was just magnificent. Seeing first of all, Brad Leone is one of the funniest people on the planet. I've heard such good things about the Bon Appetit, dude. Bon Appetit, yeah. And and this is this is from a guy who's jaded AF. <laughs> bon Appetit is the best corporate YouTube channel ever. They get YouTube. They do food better than Food Network. Which is crazy. Like, that's the thing. That's the next thing. Like, brands need to figure that they, out. Bra- networks they should need look to, networks at, need to figure that out. Yeah, they should look at what... If, you, if you're a brand and you want to figure out how to make your brand digital, look, Bon Appetit is a Condé Nast property. Mm-hmm. They're not exactly a forward-thinking new media company. They are no. a magazine publisher. right. And they have figured out YouTube in a way that literally no other big brand has figured out. They are excellent on YouTube. Excellent. That whole channel is excellent. The personalities, the people, the food, it's all excellent. Well, now combine that with Jimmy DeResta and <laughs> life is good. This this video, is, this video series is great. We'll have the links in the show notes. I can't wait to check it out. I really... Speaking of Jimmy DeResta... <laughs> <laughs> Tonight, as we record this, it is Monday, December yes. 2nd, um, at 10 p.m., a half hour from now, is Making It on NBC, the show that you either loved or you hated last season, but I actually didn't like the first two or three episodes. I'm not going to lie. No, um, I, yeah. I thought that Amy Poehler and Nick Offerman had, like, zero chemistry and were doing the wrong thing. And then it was like, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they threw away all the written stuff and just kind of became themselves. And from the fourth episode on, it was one of the best shows on TV. Even though the stuff was more crafty than makey, yep. um, I really, really enjoyed that show. From about the third or fourth, I think it was the third or the fourth episode, when Amy Poehler and Nick Offerman stopped trying so hard, <laughs> the show just hit its stride and was must-watch TV for me, and I really started digging it. So, highly recommend it. If you haven't watched last season, find it, go back and watch it. It was really good. Get through the first three episodes, and I promise you're going to enjoy it then. Well, I'm excited for this season, too, because... Yeah, I watched the first couple episodes and I had the same reaction. I mean, again, it was a little bit more crafty than what mm-hmm. I would hope. But mm-hmm. but two things I think is, uh, from what I understand, is that this season is going to be a little bit more making than crafting. Which, mm-hmm. again, I have nothing against crafting, but my personal preference, right? Right. Um, but also... Jimmy said the same thing. Jimmy has endorsed this season much more than he did the first. Uh So hopefully that means something. Um, But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm super excited for it. I think it's awesome, and I I love that. I I hope they showcase Jimmy a little bit more. Um, So yeah, I'm excited. I'm super pumped for it. I think I think it's going to be great. Um, The last thing I'm going to I'm going to push here and. This is a guy I think we might have to get on the podcast because I really like his stuff. Let's do it. Uh, Tommy from One Minute Workbench. And oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I've, been told, I've been told by my significant other that we should get him on just to ask him what the hell's up with the name of his channel because none of his videos are One Minute. That's a <laughs> damn good point. Um, but Tommy, Tommy from One Minute Workbench did – well, he didn't really do a video. He did a video to demonstrate a thing, but he didn't make the thing in the video. He's selling plans. But it's so cool that I think you might need to just do it. Um, he made something he calls the micro shop. 
And it's a portable shop in a box that collapses down, that's made with plywood and basically a whole bunch of Harbor Freight tools. What? It's 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 absolutely ridiculous. What right, he I can't did. wait for the show notes because I gotta check this out. It is utterly ridiculous what he did. I it I was watching it going, that is so brilliant. He basically made a box and he he made a box that has a disc sander, a drill press, a router table, a ch- a table saw, and um um a sled, an oversized sled, big enough to do um a miter to work as a miter saw. What? I, he just thought of everything. I, I don't know how the hell. Uh. I'm so impressed with this thing that even if you don't buy the plans, which I would recommend you do buy the plans because it, it's pretty cool. If you if you have a small shop and you don't have a lot of space, this might be a good a good way for you to have a functional center for you to work from. But even if you don't buy the plans, watch the video and watch what he came up with. It's just such genius, and I'm so impressed that he managed to come up with this thing. It's brilliant. So it's One Minute Workbench. It's called The Micro Shop, and I will put the links in the show notes when we are done. Oh, I'm definitely hitting that up. Yeah, you're going to like it, you, oh. especially you, because, uh, you know, I know you're a little constrained for space there in the in the uh, Carter Dungeon. <laughs> Carter Dungeon with the, uh, yeah, the... The furnace that won't quit. Well, you need you need a place to hide the bodies. We know. Exactly. Wow, <laughs> um, well, that's a great segue. All right, so I'll do my first thing of the week, which what is... was hiding the bodies a segue to? Jesus, no, Christ. no, <laughs> the tiny workshop. Okay. Oh, oh, oh um, got awkward there for a minute. Well, I do do some concrete projects, but uh... <laughs> no, I would. Well, you're not Italian, so no, definitely not. <laughs> All right, I so... am, so don't write, don't at me. I don't want to hear it. I'm Italian. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Um, all right, I got two, I, I got three actually, real quick ones though. Um, so again, similar to last week, I haven't actually used the product yet, but I'm going to give it a shout out because I don't know if you saw this, Vincent, I think you did. I won the insane giveaway from Wall Control. Did from, you see that? No. Wall Control. So Wall Control makes uh, these metal pegboards. They're very big. In oh, the I did see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I did see that. So yeah. they make these like pegboards and all these uh, accessories and everything like that. But so everyone knows what pegboards are. They're all like we've all had them. My dad had one and everything like that. And I have uh, three panels in my shop right now. And, you know, they have accessories and everything like that. They they suck. I'm sorry. They, they're horrible. They The attachments fall off when you take a tool off. They... Um, they're just horrible but anyway so wall control makes these metal um pegboards that have all these different accessories so you can line your shop uh with all sorts of storage systems so you can they have shelves they have uh hammer thing uh hammer racks they have um drill racks all these different accessories but they're all made out of metal so they're really uh strong and whatever anyway so I won this huge, huge giveaway, which is basically a, like a three hundred dollar uh, worth of wall control systems. And so they send it to me. I got it tonight. I haven't even opened the box, but I'm super excited. And the reason I'm so excited, and the reason that's the thing of the week, is one, I saw their products last year at WorkbenchCon. They look amazing. I guarantee. I'm. I have no problem, sell, you know, saying it without actually trying the product. They look amazing. Uh, but 
as you know, Vincent, I've been thinking about reworking my whole workshop to fit the bandsaw, to do all these different things. I'm doing a whole workshop makeover. And basically, I think I'm going to be able to line my entire workshop with these wall control things, and it's going to be make my shop so much more useful. So I'm super pumped for that. Um, they sent me a bunch of additional swag and everything like that. So it's a little bit of a plug. I get it. But I truly believe in that product, so I have no problem doing that. So mm, Very All right. cool. Very, very cool. All right, and then two quick shout-outs. Um, one, the guy that uh, sent in the feedback, Cowdog, uh, Chris of Cowdog Craftworks. He did a video on YouTube about, I think it's about a week ago, and he did his first turning project ever solo, and he made Oof. this amazing handle for this um, uh, brass uh, mallet. And... It was a great video. I think, again, he's one of these guys that is starting out. I think he's got maybe five videos now. He's getting his YouTube channel started. He's still finding his voice. But I thought this was a really good video. He uh, did a couple of things I haven't seen before where he had like a screen, um, like a little box where he was kind of doing the voiceover, but you could see his face. And I thought that was a really nice technique. I don't know for every video, but for this video, it worked really well. And it was a, it was a great video. And... I also enjoyed just watching him learn as he went. I think that's, I, I enjoy that as a YouTube video is watching someone kind of make mistakes, learn from it, problem solve, tell you about why it didn't work, what, what he would have done different, all those things. So uh, I thought it was a really, really good video. So shout out to Chris. And then lastly, this is a kind of a th- uh, bonus is Brandy from, uh, I don't know what episode was that? Oh, wow. Um, I'll look it up. Go ahead. All right. So Brandy Obey, um, she did her first IGTV video today. What? Yeah. You, you got to check I it out. I didn't see it. Um, episode 16. It's episode 16. Brandy Obey. Um, she did her first IGTV video of the um, uh, lamp pendant that she made for her, their dining room. And it is I, I, I wish she would do YouTube videos. I wish she would do longer format. She doesn't have the time. She doesn't, you know, whatever. But she does a great job, and her design aesthetic is fantastic. I mean, oh, her design aesthetic is off the charts. It's off, off the, charts. the charts. Down to down to the light bulbs that she uses on this light picture. Like, that's how much, how important every piece of the design is. And I've never seen a light picture from start to finish where it's wired from, like, from you know, nothing to the end result. So anyways, I thought it was a great video. I hope she does more of those. I, uh, I, I love the light picture. And, uh, so I have to give it a shout out. So, uh, she, she's worthy of shout outs and she's one of those people that she's one of the people that when we had nothing and no reason for anyone to come on this podcast, <laughs> she did. So she's, yeah, she gets she's, a, she's she's one definitely one gets ones. a nod in my book. <laughs> yep. I always love I love people like her because when we when I invited her on, she's like, "Why do you want to talk to me?" And I'm like, "Cause you're freaking awesome. That's why." Yeah, we don't talk to garbage people. That's not what we do here. <laughs> so so talented. It's a watch that video and you'll just be like, "I didn't even know that." That's what. Like my problem is is I'm like always like, "How do I buy? Where can I buy this thing that has the threaded circumference that I need for this thing?" Right? Mm-hmm. And she's one of those people that's like oh, I'll just make that threaded thing. You know, it's just one of those. Yeah. She's like Alex Steele. Need a tool, make a tool. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. All right. 
Um, I think that's going to do it for this week. We are at an hour 36. <laughs> Good thing we decided to do a, a shorter, shorter episode, episode this yeah, week. Exactly. Jesus Christ. <laughs> We're just a couple of blabbermouths. I you guess can't so. shut up. Um, yeah, that's going to do it for this week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for um, joining us on this wild and woolly journey of making and creativity. Uh, if you like the show, please share it with somebody and leave us a review. We do love those reviews. And we'll be back again next week, same time, same place. Catch you later, guys.